RFK has flip-flopped on abortion. Mobs are swarming an L.A. mall. Biden has no comment about the devastating fires in Maui. And a listener wonders if she should participate in a Beth Moore Bible study. Through the lens of the culture, we are told that people are inherently good. But the Apostle Paul in 2 Thessalonians reminds us not to get tired of doing good. If you need to see culture through the lens of hope today, stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right, you guys, well, I'm welcoming you to today's Tuesday edition of the Heidi St. John podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate you leaving reviews for the show wherever reviews can be found. Also, I want to remind you that when you leave reviews for the podcast, especially at iTunes, but uh, but also over at Spotify, it really does boost this in the ratings. And so if you want people to find out more about the Heidi St. John podcast and be encouraged as you are every day listening to it, I would love it if you would share the show. I want to remind you guys again, I'm going to keep saying it. I've got a book launch coming up and I'm really excited about it. My brand new book, uh, Mom Strong 365, is getting ready to release and pretty soon it's going to be available everywhere that books are sold. And you guys can come to my launch party on the 29th of August right here in my neck of the woods in Battleground, Washington. So I hope you guys will come out for that. If you haven't ordered that book yet now is the time to do it it releases on september 5th if you get it from heidistjohn.com those books will be signed when they go out but you can also get it from amazon you can get it from barnes and noble we really want you to uh, find that book and share it with your friends i love a good 365 devotional and i'm happy to have written one for my friends at tyndale and i think you guys are going to be excited when you read it hopefully you're going to feel that it's life-giving and encouraging as we start off every day with a little bit of encouragement from the word of God. All right, let's talk about the headlines for a minute because wow, all I got to say is wow, world's on fire. And I don't just mean uh, with the summertime weather here in the Pacific Northwest, the highs on Tuesday hit 105 degrees. You guys, Tuesday in Battleground, Washington hit 105 degrees. So around here, uh, that's kind of, you know, we 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 typically get a couple of 100 day degree, uh, 100 degree days. And that's what we're dealing with here in the Pacific Northwest. But what's more interesting to me, or actually discouraging, I should say, is what's happening in Biden's America. So we know that the heart of man, the Bible teaches us, is generally not good. And you'll, if you, if you listen to the culture, if you go to any liberal arts university, you're going to hear over and over again that the heart of man is, is typically good. But the Bible teaches us that the opposite is true. And in Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 9 to 10, We read that the heart is deceitful above all things. So have you ever noticed that you don't have to teach a toddler to be a brat? You don't have to teach a toddler to be selfish. You don't have to teach a toddler not to uh, to hit people. They just do it automatically. Well, Jeremiah tells us why. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Why is the human heart that way? The human heart is this way because of sin. Because we are dealing with the fall of man. We are dealing with our own sinful nature. He goes on to say, I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. Proverbs 4, verse 23, keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flow the springs of life. Luke six forty five: the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. 
for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So just a couple days ago, we heard a reporter ask the president to comment on Maui. So he was getting out of his car, right? We know that now the death toll has tripled in uh, Maui, particularly in Lahaina. The devastation there is unreal. We're watching as the governor of Hawaii now is saying that he's looking for ways for the state to purchase that land. Please keep in mind that we are living in a time right now where the United States is governed largely by, by globalists. And if you understand the global agenda, they want you to own nothing, as Klaus Schwab said, and be happy about it. And anyone who owns private land is a threat to a globalist economy, a threat to a globalist uh, government. And so they don't want you to own private land. And so it doesn't surprise me at all that the government Hawaii now is swooping in and going to the federal government and saying, hey, how can we buy this land? So in other words, they want to go to people that owned homes, owned property and say, hey, the government is here to help. We want to buy your land from you. And I just want to ask you guys a question. Do you think the government has the best interest of the American people at heart? I'm just going to let that sit. Let's think about it for a second. Moment of silence. Do you think the government has the best interests of the citizens of the United States at heart? Now, I think in the last couple of years, their interests have been made very, very clear. They're interested in money and control and power. And I don't think the situation in Maui is going to make that any different. I think we're going to see the citizens of Maui exploited in their grief. And so something to be praying over. But listen to the president of the United States as he gets out of his car and is asked about the situation in Maui. No comment. No comment from the president of the United States. Listen, a normal person would have stopped and said the devastation, the loss of life, the loss of uh, the beauty that's in Lahaina and that Maui is known for. Maui is in our thoughts and prayers. We're going to do everything we can to help the people of Maui recover from this. But instead, the president of the United States had no comment. You guys, we've got to do better than this in 2024. We need real leadership. We've got to get back to the rule of law in the United States. And actually, I would be really happy to have a president who could think for himself and actually have something to say that his handlers didn't tell him to say, which frankly, I think is why Biden couldn't say anything because he hadn't he hadn't been prepped. So even a question as basic as do you have a comment about the hundreds of people now and the incredible loss of life and devastation that's happening in one of your states in Hawaii? Do you have a comment without his handlers President Biden's got nothing to say. In other news, and I think this is also telling about the heart of man, uh, we're watching now as Biden and his crime-filled America, because this is what happens when you decide not to prosecute crime. We're certainly seeing it in Washington state. It's at an all-time high in California. And just a couple of days ago, uh, a mob of ransackers came into a mall in Los Angeles and basically cleaned out over $100,000 worth of merchandise from uh, Nordstrom in Los Angeles. Listen to this. This is uh, Kylie McEnany commenting on Fox News. Shocking new video out of Los Angeles shows just how bad America's crime crisis is getting. A mob of almost 50 people ransacked a Nordstrom store at a mall. Look at that. This was over the weekend. The group took $100,000 worth of luxury goods, and they did it in broad daylight. Police say that some of them use bear spray to attack a security guard, and there are no arrests yet. I think the main thing to note here is that these people are coming in broad daylight and they are ransacking 
uh, and sp- uh, spraying security guards in the face with bear spray, bear spray because they know there won't be any consequences for their actions. Again, it takes me back to the heart of man. The law was made for us, right? The Ten Commandments given to us because what the Bible says is true about about human beings. We are not inherently good. We are inherently evil. And I don't know about you, but I need the Holy Spirit in my life every single day to keep my own heart in check. When I am tempted to be unkind to my husband, when I'm tempted to say the thing to the driver in front of me because he cut me off or whatever it is, I have to be constantly going back to the one who made me to say, Lord, my heart my heart tends to wander from what is right. But left unchecked, the human heart is an ugly, ugly thing indeed. Psalm 55 verse 10 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. We've been talking quite a bit lately on the podcast about the human heart and about as it relates to parenting, as it relates to uh, where we are now and where we've been. It turns out that we're not all that different now from the Israelites of old. We're struggling with the same old things. And every time they walked away from the Lord, there literally was hell to pay for it. Look at Mark chapter 7, verses 21 to 23 in the ESV with me for just a moment. From within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these things come from within and they defile a person. This is why David went back to the Lord and said, I see these things inside of me, right? David understood having a heart of adultery. David understood being tempted and then following through with killing another human being. He's coming back to the Lord and he's saying, create in me a clean heart, O God and renew a right spirit within me. By now, you guys know my grave concern for the future of our country that is basically at risk because our public high schools and our universities are pushing communism and socialism as if they were beneficial to the nation. If you want to teach your students how to defend the history of this country, we've got a great opportunity for you. You can learn from a teacher who has founded a college that rivals the Ivy League's an activist who has fought to protect religious freedom, and a lawyer who's argued before the Supreme Court and won. Michael Ferris brings his knowledge and expertise working within the American political and legal systems right into your home in a brand new 30-week course designed for high school students. The lectures are packed with personal stories and thoughtful questions from the seasoned expert, and your students will form a thoughtful stance on the American ideals this country was founded upon and leave with the tools to defend that stance. Pre-enroll by August 15th with the promo code HEIDI to participate in live Q&As with Mike Ferris. Remember, there are co-op and single household options available. This is fully online and it's self-paced. Content for the fall semester releases August 3rd, and Unit 1 is available for free when you create an account at Lumen.com. That's L-U-M-I-N-N.com. And don't forget, use the coupon code HEIDI15, that's H-E-I-D-I-1-5, by August 15th to save 15%. Guys, we need to be in the Bible. We need to be talking to the Lord every single day of our lives, asking the Lord to help us. Proverbs 3, verse 5, trust the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. He says, in all your ways, acknowledge me and I will direct your paths. This is this is the Lord of heaven's armies through the psalmist in Proverbs saying, don't lean on your own understanding. It'll fail you every single time. 
Mark 12, verse 30, and you shall love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Uh, I want to comment on something that I saw in the news yesterday, and this really bummed me out. So I'm following, as you guys know, the race of Robert uh, Kennedy Jr., RFK Jr., is running for president. I really appreciate a lot of what he has to say. I appreciate that his willingness to call out Father Fauci, the high priest of the Branch Covidians. I appreciate that he's concerned about what's happening at the border. I appreciate that he's talking about the high cost of being governed by elites who won't come to to communicate with the people they're supposed to serve. This is absolutely happening on a huge scale here in Washington state right now. Uh, Joe Kent, who's running again for Congressional District 3 here in the great state of Washington, has strong-armed the Washington State Republican Party into endorsing him a year and a half ahead of a general election. There are other people, by the way, that are running in this race, but because the Republican Party now considers themselves your betters and your elites, they don't want to have other voices heard. They don't want you to have another choice because they think they know who the best person is to represent you. And so the Kent campaign is walking in lockstep with your political betters because he also thinks he is your political better. And they're going to uh, basically drown out or attempt to drown out the voices of fellow conservatives in a primary campaign. This is why politics is so disgusting. They're much more interested in their own platform than they are in serving the constituents of Washington state. What do this? What do the constituents of Washington state want? They want to hear from the people who are running for office so that they can make a wise and informed choice during a presidential election, during a congressional election. And the Washington State Republican Party and the Clark County Republican Party and the Cowlitz County Republican Party and the Lewis County Republican Party have all decided, no, you don't get to choose. We will choose for you. Sorry, you don't like it. And one of the things I loved about RFK is he's pushing back against the establishment. And guess what? They hate him for it. They hate him for it. And so I'm fascinated by this guy's run. But I told you guys before, and I'm going to play for you why I think it's so important that we understand the viewpoints of these men and women who are running for office and you can see what happens to them when they dare to step out and do the right thing. I believe that in his heart, Robert Kennedy Jr. knows that abortion is wrong. And here he's asked by a supporter in Des Moines, Iowa, right, all the presidential candidates going down to the state fair in Des Moines. And it's, you know, longstanding tradition of candidates to go down there and be heard on the soapbox, et cetera, et cetera. And so a reporter asked RFK about how he feels about instituting a federal ban on abortion after three months. Listen to what he had to say. I believe that a decision to abort a child should be up to the women during the first three months of life. So you would cap it at 15 weeks? Yes. Or 21 yes. weeks? Yeah, three months. So three months. You would sign a federal cap on that? Yes, I would. Okay, I want you to just let it sit in for just a minute. Here is RFK being asked off the cuff. He clearly understands the question, right? She's saying... Do you believe that would you cap abortion after 15 weeks of pregnancy during the first three months, which is roughly 16 weeks of pregnancy? Now, if you're going to ask Heidi St. John that, I'm going to tell you abortion is wrong for through all nine months of pregnancy because we should never snuff out the life of another innocent human being. Now, just a little while after that, of course, his Democrat handlers got a hold of him and he went back 
on his word. So initially, he said the decision to abort a child should be up to the woman during the first three months of life. And then she said, would you cap abortion after three months? And he said, yes, three months. Once a child is viable outside the womb, I think then the state has an interest in protecting the child. I'm for medical freedom. Individuals ought to be able to make their own choices. So you can see now the rub, right? So he's saying he's for medical freedom. He believes that once that baby is viable, that the state has an obligation to protect the life of that baby. But only hours later, Kennedy's presidential campaign issued a statement regarding his his uh, his remarks on abortion. This is what they said. Quote, Mr. Kennedy misunderstood a question posed to him by an NBC reporter in a crowded, noisy exhibit hall at the Iowa State Fair. His campaign wrote in an unsigned statement on Sunday, Mr. Kennedy's position on abortion is that it is always the woman's right to choose. He does not support legislation banning abortion. So RFK has basically said what's in it. He didn't misunderstand the question. All right. He, it wasn't too, too crowded. It wasn't too loud. He understood the question. He gave an honest answer. And then his handlers in the Democrat Party came back and said, no, that's not what he meant. He didn't understand. We all, we all know these people are lying, right? We know that in his heart, RFK does not believe in abortion after the first three months of pregnancy. And this is the reason why I'm never going to be able to vote for him. Because if you can't get the issue of life right, I don't actually care what your position is on any other subject. If you're unwilling to defend the most vulnerable among us, then I'm not interested to hear your position on the border. I don't care what your what your position is on the economy. It all starts with life. We defend life here in this country and around the world. And I will fight to see abortion not only illegal, but unthinkable. We would we it is unthinkable for us to ever consider that someone could be sold into slavery, that a human being should be sold into slavery. It, it makes us all wretch, at least a normal person. We need to get to that place with abortion. And I frankly think that RFK Jr. is probably there, but because he's part of the wicked, evil Democrat Party, he will never be able to say what he really wants to say. And that frankly makes me sad. Uh, I'm going to try to answer questions from listeners as often as I can here when I come on the show. And so today I'm going to answer a question from a listener who wrote to me to ask about a Beth Moore Bible study. An anonymous listener in Idaho wrote in to say, Heidi, I was invited to do a Bible study called The Faithful by Beth Moore and other teachers. I'm hesitant to do a study by Moore because of her total lack of discernment in calling conservatives Christian nationalists if they supported President Trump. Beth Moore also twists scripture, and I've seen things in the study that concern me because I think someone not familiar with the word of God could be misled. I'm longing for a time of fellowship with my friends and other believers, so I really want to do it, but I'm not sure I should. I know you mentioned the devil twists scripture just enough to trick us, but am I overreacting? All right, this is a, actually, I love that you wrote in with this question. I've been hesitant to talk about this issue on my show because I feel like there are so many issues right now that are dividing us instead of bringing us together. I've been hesitant to address this particular issue on my show because like many of you, I have done Beth Moore Bible studies for years and I have really enjoyed them. Over the last several years, particularly as it relates to her relationship with the Southern Baptist Association and also her what appears to be disdain of anybody who holds uh, to supporting President Trump. And she did. She did, in fact, call uh, Christians who did that Christian nationalists, which you guys have heard me talk about that on my podcast. You know, if a Christian nationalist is someone who loves the country and loves Jesus, guilty as charged. 
You can call me a Christian nationalist all day long and twice on Sunday. But when it comes to Beth Moore, I do think more discernment is required. Now, I wouldn't tell you not to take that study. I mean, I think, why not? Go to the study. You have the, you, I mean, they're going to do the study with or without you, right? And your concern is that there are things that are said that might be misleading or might mislead. Rather, let me rephrase that. There are things that you think that Beth Moore is going to say in the study. And I don't know because I've not looked at the study that may mislead a young Christian or someone who's not really mature in their walk with God or who's not familiar with the Bible. And I think that's even more reason for you to go to the study and not to avoid it. And so go and glean, you know, chew out, chew up the meat and spit out the bones. I think we've got to learn to be discerning in this country. We live, and even this is even true in uh, Christianity, right? We live in cancel culture right now. And as you heard my friend Sam Sorbo so beautifully say the other day, cancel culture is a culture really of unforgiveness. It says, you made this statement, you did this, you said that, and so therefore I do not forgive you. I do not forgive you. You are canceled for my life. I'm throwing all your books away. That's the end of that. And while I've been very disappointed in Beth Moore's stance on several things, and I've written about them occasionally and talked about them, I also don't believe in canceling a fellow sister in Christ over something like this. And so I would encourage you, go to the study and ask the Lord to give you discernment so that if you see something that you feel is not right, you can point it out. And I think it's really important, you guys, whether it's me or any other Bible teacher, there's not one single person on the face of the earth who's going to get it all right. There are going to be questions I think that I'm going to have when I get to heaven someday, and I'm going to find out, oh man, I was wrong on that. I think that God's looking for a heart that wants to understand and wants to rightly divide the word of God, that we, that we labor in study, that we should stop being lazy Christians. And so one thing I love about your questions that tells me that you don't want to be a lazy Christian, and I think God will honor that. So my encouragement to you is go to the study, be joyful, be friendly. And if you see something in the study that smacks you as wrong or you think, mm, I just don't think that's right, then engage your sisters in Christ in conversation as iron sharpens iron. All right, you guys, that's all I've got time for today. I'd love to hear from you. If you want to reach out to me and have your question answered, the very best way to do that is to become a subscriber to this show. Those questions go to the top of the queue. And I'd love to hear from you. HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday, or you can go to Spotify and hit the subscribe button and become a subscriber, which really is just your extra support of this podcast every month. And we greatly appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening. Please be in prayer for our country. And for those men and women who are running for office right now, we need new leadership desperately in this country. And we need men and women who will rise up and start speaking the truth unapologetically without uh, apology and with the love of Jesus Christ. I appreciate you guys listening. I'll see you right back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture.